I'm Aaron Hinkin. This is the Maryland Curiosity Bureau. My name is Lee Kana, and my question is, who is the Baltimore Development Corporation, and why do they have so much power? I really never have understood who the Baltimore Development Corporation is either. It's like, are they an official branch of the city government? Are they an independent organization? And, like, what exactly do they do? What do you you know and what do you want to know about what they're all about? I'm curious to know how they're appointed, who they're accountable to, what sort of planning agenda they're working from. My impression is that they're involved with some of the larger decisions in Baltimore regarding long-term development. And issues like that inevitably result in winners and losers And I wonder about the future. What sort of decisions will they make and how will those decisions affect the different neighborhoods and populations within Baltimore? All right. uh, I'm here at the foot of a very tall, very sleek black skyscraper at uh, 36 Charles Street in downtown Baltimore. Uh, I got to say the weather today is insanely rainy uh, and windy and gray. Baltimore's got a real kind of Gotham City Batman vibe going on right now. I'm not quite sure what that portends for us today. Uh, I've got an interview booked here in this building with the head of the Baltimore Development Corporation. I've been doing some homework to get ready for this. I've talked with several journalists uh, off the record at their request about the BDC so uh, so I can hopefully have some notion of what I'm talking about when I head in there. Let's, uh, well, let's head inside and see how this goes. We're headed to the 21st floor. Put my visitor sticker on. 21st floor. Hey, how are you? Uh, are you Aaron? I'm Aaron, yeah. Colin, nice to meet you. Uh, my name's Colin Tarbert. I'm president and CEO of the Baltimore Development Corporation, and we're at our offices at 36 South Charles Street, Suite 2100. Mr. Tarbert, I've got a, a simple question from a listener this week. It, it may or may not have a simple answer, uh, but here it is. Who exactly is the Baltimore Development Corporation, and why do they have so much power? Well, I'll answer the first part. Uh, in a nutshell, Baltimore Development Corporation is the city's economic development arm, and so we are a 501c3 nonprofit that has one client, which is the city of Baltimore, and we perform economic development services for the city. The other question is, why do they have so much power? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I don't know if we have as much power maybe as the the listeners thinking about. I think what we do have is a strong track record in working on high-profile projects in the city, and we do have a lot of influence given uh, the work that we do to grow uh, businesses in the city. And I think perhaps the perception comes from the fact that we're the bridge between the private sector and city government. I'm curious about this term, quasi-governmental. Help me understand what that means. So are you an official branch of the city government or an independent organization? It seems like somehow you're both. We're a little bit of both. Um, I guess from a technical standpoint, we're a nonprofit organization, so we're 501c3. But because we have this contract with the city through the Housing and Community Development Agency, we essentially report to the mayor and his staff Uh, We're also primarily funded by the city. We have some uh, income stream that's generated through our services, but most of the money that BDC receives for operating comes from the city. 
So part of my listener's question was, who is the BDC? The BDC is people. You've got a board of directors, there's like 15 people, and you've got several people from the mayor's office, but then also people from the private sector, right? Uh, A bank president, the head of a construction company, the president of an international food and wine distributor. How are these folks chosen and appointed? How does this board get constituted? Sure. So we have bylaws like any organization has. And I think this is where the quasi nomenclature comes in. So we have representatives from the mayor's office of minority small women-owned business. We have the director of finance on our board. We also have the commissioner of housing and community development on our board. uh, And those are listed in our bylaws. And then um, in terms of the private sector uh, representation, each board member must be approved by the mayor before they are approved to be on our board. And so that's the relationship between BDC and the city. The mayor uh, typically has influence on who sits on the board, although our board members serve for a certain term. And so there's overlap between administrations. So like, take me behind the curtain at the Baltimore Development Corporation. The, the board of directors gets together, you're in a meeting, you have these orders of business in front of you, like what are the proposals in front of you and then how do you sort through them and, and make these decisions? Yeah, so the vast majority of what we do is really working with small businesses across the city. Uh, so a lot of it is outreach and it's really keeping businesses in the city, helping them to expand, and then in some cases working with new businesses that are coming to the city to help them get set up. So the vast majority of the work that we're doing is really in neighborhoods and community. That's not what hits the newspaper headlines because it's not as exciting maybe as what others want to read about. And so we end up getting known for the high-level profile projects that we're working on, which there are a number of them. Uh, So the Port Covington project, uh, Baltimore Development Corporation, on behalf of the city, reviewed the request for tax increment financing, which was the public infrastructure component of that project. Very high profile, went through a very long public process. BDC was kind of at the center of that. Again, those projects, while they happen... Fairly regularly, Harbor Point was another large project that we worked on. We're now currently working on the Baltimore Arena transformation. But that's really a small piece of what BDC does day to day. The vast majority of our team here is out knocking on doors, talking to business owners. uh, And a huge amount of the work that we've been doing over the last 18 months has been around COVID relief and recovery for small businesses. So the BDC... It had various other acronyms before it ultimately became the BDC, but it was kind of set up during the Schaefer administration and was originally involved with the development of the Inner Harbor. And my understanding is that then Mayor Schaefer set up this organization to kind of streamline development processes so they didn't get tangled up in multiple layers of bureaucracy. His motto was always like, I want it done now, right? Get it done now. And there's great and admirable things about that. But then there's also that sort of a arrangement leaves people wondering who gets access to that streamlined process and why. Do you want to talk about that and maybe how, how the, the BDC has, has evolved since those days of Mayor Schaefer? Sure. Well, I certainly buy into the do it now uh, motto just because things take so long to, to get done in city government. Even if we start doing it now, it still usually takes longer than we want. Um, so we're really sitting in the one of the first projects that uh, BDC's predecessor helped create, which was Charles Center. Uh, so this building was a result of the work that um, Charles Center Inner Harbor Management 
which was the original kind of entity, uh, as you mentioned, that was led the development of the Inner Harbor. That's evolved over time, and multiple organizations have kind of been um, pulled together to create what is today Baltimore Development Corporation. There was a market center organization. There was also Bedco, which was more traditionally focused on economic development as opposed to maybe large-scale projects. And so all of those sort of services and entities have been pulled together into Baltimore Development Corporation today. Mr. Tarbert, it seems like Obviously, the businesses who've managed to connect with you and through you and who you've supported, these businesses have got high praise for you. And then on the other hand, there's businesses who maybe don't have the political connections to get on your radar. And they, I think there's this sense that there's a kind of an emperor of Oz mystique around the Baltimore Development Corporation, like about who's behind the wall and, and it's inaccessible. Is that? Let me give you an opportunity to talk to businesses who feel that way. Sure. So I think part of it is, is, is our name, Baltimore Development Corporation. People think that we're a developer. Uh, and while we work on real estate projects, again, the vast majority of the work that we're doing is really around business attraction, retention, and expansion. So I'll, I'll, give, a, I'll give an example of what we're doing to hopefully do more outreach to small businesses across the city, especially our black and brown-owned businesses. So during COVID, one of my big concerns when we were asked to stand up a very strong, robust grant program, we've issued over $19 million in small business grants, averaging ten dollars to $15,000. So we've reached about 1,500 small businesses throughout the city. We partnered with 19 organizations to form what we call a technical assistance network where small businesses across the city were struggling to get through some of the federal and state programs. And so we knew that just as an entity, we were not going to be able to reach the scale that we needed to reach to really help small businesses throughout the city. And so through uh, the Casey Foundation and others, we were able to bring together this network of partners, which is still ongoing, and we hope to make permanent. And so through that, we've been able to reach, I think, between two to 3,000 businesses, you know, one-on-one to help them. And so that's really expanded the, the reach of BDC in the community, uh, which has been great. And so of those organizations that are part of the Technical Assistance Network, about half were grassroots organizations who have a direct relationship with small businesses that BDC might not have. And so through that collaboration, we're trying to expand our services and our reach to help more businesses. You're listening to the Maryland Curiosity Bureau. More in a moment. I think the BDC has historically been perceived as kind of mysterious and secretive. People have have called the BDC a shadow government back in the late 70s and the 80s. You actually had a lawsuit leveled against you in 2006, which resulted in the BDC having to make public its meeting records. What do you say to folks who are skeptical about, about how the institution operates? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think we're we're no longer uh, shadow government. I don't think that that's the... uh, the right descriptor for us. We're, we're subject to the Open Meetings Act, uh, as you mentioned. Um, we're subject to Public Information Act request. Um, we also follow the city's uh, ethics rules and, and regulations. So, you know, we're, we're very transparent in terms of 
uh, of those um, rules and regulations, and we, we follow them to the T. Um, I would say because we are a nonprofit, though, we're not a city agency, and I think that's where people get a little bit confused. Um, and so while we, we follow certain guidelines and rules and regulations that the city agencies do, we also have some autonomy, uh, which is helpful, and I think that goes back to the, the ability for us to serve the private sector as well as city government, we need some flexibility and autonomy. So the things that we don't have are, you know, civil service requirements. We are, you know, at-will employer, so we can hire and fire as we need to, like the private sector. Uh, we don't go through all the procurement hoops that uh, a city agency would have. We can pretty much do what we need to do and act quickly. And so some of those things are really important for us to be able to take on projects and respond quickly when the private sector uh, needs our assistance. And so I think that's how we play a very unique role within city government, kind of with one side being a, a private nonprofit with a mission to expand the tax base and job creation in the city. And we're focused more on equity and inclusion as we do that now. At the same time, you know, we don't have all of the rules and regulations and bureaucracy that a city agency might have. So my listener who uh, asked the question that brought me here, he pointed out that any decision an organization makes is going to result in winners and losers. And he wonders about the future. He wonders about what sorts of decisions you as an organization might make next and how those decisions are going to affect different neighborhoods and different populations in the city. Let me just give you, Mr. Tarbert, an opportunity to, to share your own vision for transforming Baltimore in the next, say, five, ten years. We'll do it in five years, and, and I can be very specific, and, and next week uh, we'll, we'll give you the full strategic plan. But we just are on the cusp of releasing our final uh, comprehensive economic development strategy, which we call Baltimore Together. Uh, and so we've been working on this for two years. We started pre-pandemic, uh, and we're, we're literally finalizing it today. Over the last two months, though, we've had it posted uh, for public comment. We received... Uh, 280 comments, I believe, on it, which we've done our best to incorporate all the public feedback into the document. And so the Baltimore Together vision is one of creating a much more equitable and inclusive economic development strategy and economy in Baltimore where everyone can be part of it. So I understand sort of the, the comment of winners and losers, but, but I, I don't really subscribe to the either or scenario. I think it's a both and. And so that's really the aim of Baltimore Together is to figure out how do we serve those who are here, many of which have been left out of, I'll call the mainstream economy. But then how do we also attract new people and businesses to the city? But those who share this vision of inclusive and equitable growth. And so I would definitely encourage people to check out BaltimoreTogether.com see what the vision is, and then most importantly, get involved. We want help. We want participation. BDC, while we recommend policies and decisions, most of what we're doing is not, we're not the sole decision maker on many things. We're actually, in, in some ways, like a consultant to the city, to the mayor and city council. And so the, the projects that we work on, we're actually not making the decision. Our board and our staff are making a recommendation to, uh, in this case, the mayor often, uh, who is the final decision maker or the board of estimates or the city council. Uh, and so in that vein, while we have influence, uh, we're not the sole decision maker. We're really just trying to provide the most um, comprehensive information for our city leadership to, to make the most informed decision. I imagine you guys are going to be busy in the next couple of years because there's this 
big influx of ARP, American Relief Plan funding, $670 million coming to Baltimore. Um, how involved are you going to be with where that money lands? So, so BDC will be receiving an allocation of that funding um, that's to, to be announced uh, in the next couple of weeks. And I think the majority of the funding that BDC will receive is going to go towards just what I was talking about, really focusing on small businesses. Um, this time, instead of doing it in the way that we did it before, where you know we're really just trying to get money out on the street to small businesses so they could keep their lights on and pay their bills, now that we're further along in the pandemic, we're not out of the pandemic, but further along, we're going to use those resources to be much more strategic. And so what we found um, having helped small businesses is that they don't have access to legal advice. They don't have access to marketing, e-commerce, um, those types of professional services that larger scale businesses do or more resource businesses. But the small mom and pops just don't have the funding. So they're doing it themselves. They're their own lawyer, they're their own marketing chief. And so one of our goals and intents is to do a twofer, and meaning that we want to hire small businesses that provide those professional services that are local, hopefully minority-owned businesses, and then take the businesses that need those services and match them up. And so that way we're helping to buy services from local businesses, and then we're helping local businesses access professional resources that they don't have today in order to scale up. And so that's one of our recovery programs that hopefully we'll be rolling out in the, in the new year. Colin Tarbert, it's been educational. I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with me. Sure. Thanks for having me on. All right. I'm uh, back here with listener Lee Kana. We're hanging out in his kitchen at his home. And uh, Lee, your question was, who is the Baltimore Development Corporation and why do they have so much power? Uh, you just heard from the BDC's head honcho, Colin Tarbert. Uh, what are you left thinking at this point? Curiosity satisfied or uh, more questions than answers? I'd probably go with more questions than answers. I mean, um, you almost need a flowchart to make sense of it all. What struck me first was that there was a constituency missing in that equation, and that was the people of the city. Uh, Mr. Tarbert seemed to address that toward the end, talking about the next five years and uh, bringing lots of small businesses in, uh, a lot of mom and pops. I think I'll believe it when I see it, Maybe I shouldn't be so skeptical, but Baltimore City has a rich history of shadowy, smoke-filled backroom deal-making, and I don't really trust big business either. I'm just going to hold judgment for now. Mr. Tarbert uh, did talk about this uh, new strategic plan. It's called Baltimore Together. Uh, I went on the uh, baltimoretogether.com site, and there's a, there's a contact us page. It says... If you're looking for business assistance or have questions about resources available to businesses, please contact the Baltimore Development Corporation by emailing us at info at baltimoredevelopment.com. And then there's also a, a button that you can push there that says uh, Baltimore Together, Get Involved. Uh, another one that says Get Small Business COVID Assistance. Uh, Lee, you're a, you're a small businessman yourself. You're, I'm talking to you on a, a break today while you're installing a countertop at a customer's house. Are you inclined or motivated by this to, to get in touch with the BDC for, for help with anything? I'm not personally inclined simply because my business doesn't need that sort of help. Uh, I'm one of the fortunate ones. But on behalf of all the rest of them, um, I've heard lots of promises before, and then you hear stories of people 
waiting months, years to hear back when they've pressed send and their email has gone off into the ether. So uh, I'm glad that I'm not in that position of, of needing that sort of help. Lee, I want to thank you for a, a great question. You're quite welcome. By the way, I know Lee is not the only one who's curious about this mystery of the Baltimore Development Corporation. Lee's question was actually the winner of our first official voting round at WIPR.org slash curiosity. Out of the three questions in that round, Lee's had more than half of your votes. And uh, I should say there is a new voting roundup on the Maryland Curiosity Bureau site this week. Questions about Baltimore's Chinatown neighborhood, about the culinary mystery that is lake trout, and about the history of Maryland political scandals. You can cast your vote and uh, help me figure out where we're going to go next. You can also submit a question of your own. What do you wonder about life in the Baltimore region? What local mystery has you scratching your head? Hit me up at wypr.org slash curiosity. And uh, if you're in the mood and feeling generous, do me a favor and drop this podcast a review on whatever platform you happen to be listening on, or, you know, just tell a friend who you think might like the show. Thanks. The Maryland Curiosity Bureau is an original production of WYPR. I'm Aaron Henkin. Thanks for listening. Be in touch. And we'll do it again next week. The Maryland Curiosity Bureau is made possible with grant support from the Peel Center for Baltimore History and Architecture. Online at thepeelcenter.org.